And you're very welcome to the Season 2, Episode 14 of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward and Daniel MacDonald. Um, we're on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. We're at LOI Weekly on Twitter in association with Aerosport and Independent.ie. Uh, Dan is just back from a trip to watch the playoff in England and we're joined by Brian Gartland and Paul Corey. Great to have you all here, lads. Great to see you again, Johnny. Last time we were playing five-a-side out in... Uh, where was that? Yeah, Sports School, yeah. Sports School, yeah. yeah. Linking up really well together, actually. Yeah, it was it was six-a-side, actually. I did have some influence on the game. <laughs> but, um, yeah, how was your knee? Yeah, not too bad. I actually mm. got through that game quite well. Mm. Very impressed, actually. I came back and told people Johnny Ward's actually got a bit. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. that's more a reflection of how you've deteriorated since <laughs> the whole, to be honest, I think. It's fair, yeah. fair point, Dan. Johnny, uh, Johnny does get around the park, to be fair. Uh, Brian yeah. Gartland, a man who's back in action as well. Yeah, how's things, Johnny? Great, yeah, back. yeah, yeah. I'd say people thought you were going to the Ed Sheeran gig because you arrived on the Lewis. Yeah, yeah. first thing, doors open, someone done dog fella. <laughs> ah, fella! <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you can't get away from them, they're everywhere. Yeah, you've, uh, you're, you're back in the team, which is good news for Dundalk. Seems to have coincided with some good form from your side as well. Ah, well we've, been in, we've been in a good form all season, so I wouldn't say it's just, just now. But it's great to be back. It was a bad couple of months for me, you know. It was just one thing after another. So when you get a bit of form going, you get a bit of routine going, you know, you, all you want to do is play matches when you're a footballer. So And no surprise, Dan, he was back among the goals against Derry the other night. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He he does offer that goal threat. I see uh, Kenny Shields had a few comments afterwards about the block that might have been executed uh, for the for the equaliser. And then I think Kenny Shields went on to discuss Dundalk's skill in the area of blocking and surrounding the referee and so on. I, I think you might be aware of those comments, it's good, Brian. It's a good way of distraction, isn't it? Mm. Um, all managers, that, all managers come out with, with you know, stuff to distract from, from their results and stuff like that. Um, no, just, you know, if you look back on the footage, there's no blatant blocks or anything like that. I've looked back and um, I think one of the lads might run into the back of one of our lads or something, but mm. there's no blatant blocks or fouls. Um, we work on stuff to get people free and, and it, it works. It's always worked over the years. So B- Blocking yeah. happens, though. You know, happens. When, when you're defending a set piece, the one thing that people say is don't get blocked. So yeah. it's not as if this is some new, you know, it's actually uh, and here you're, you're actually quoting the Derry defenders on the first set piece we went up that one. Don't get blocked. There you go. And you know, um, so it's not like we're not blocking. We're not setting screens like basketball or anything like that. We just have mm. movement, and the movement's hard to track. And it when there's a few people in there, you know, you'll people are just crossing things so you can run into people easier because if you're working tight that's what's going to happen we, but, um, we can get into it in more detail but to score four goals in Derry and possibly end their title challenge that was a hell of a result yeah great result for us and before the game uh, one of the things I said to the lads is that like our results against the top teams has to be better and especially especially away from home like we went down to Waterford and we felt we should have got something out of the game, but we didn't. And you come out with nothing. Down over Cork, we had all the chances. We come out with nothing. Mm. No points, not even one. Um, so if you're going to win a league, you need to go and you need to make wins away from home against the top teams or take points off them and win your home games. But um, So I think, you know, we showed that the other night. Um, a little bit of a shaky start after the first 10, 15 minutes. They had a couple of chances. Gary made a great save and then did the goal. But apart from that, I thought, you know, Derry control the ball and control games well. They make the pitch big, but um, our game plan executed well. Then and you know we we cut them open a few times and scored good goals. Do you become more of a leader now that Stephen O'Donnell isn't there? Um, no, I think our team is just you know you've you've leaders all over the park mm. and Stevie's a m- massive figure for us and he always has been. But we've always had different leaders in different ways. Like um, 
whether it's by how you play on the pitch or some lads are just more vocal and different things but we've got so much experience throughout the team that you've you've loads of different leaders Dan what have you been up to what have I been up to yeah. well I was I was a hectic the, few days for you well I was at the under 17 game on Monday what in, happened in there Chesterfield <laughs> which was uh, I think most people were aware of what happened with the, uh, the, the the penalty shootout sending off probably one of the strangest things I've you know experienced in terms of being at a football game and actually I was right in front of it but it was actually a bit of a delayed response because um it was funny the, the Jimmy Corcoran plays with Cherry Orchard and so Nathan Collins the centre half who's uh, nephew of Eamon Collins and also son of uh, Davy Collins who's uh he's a uh, sort of another former Ireland youth captain and he's also the manager of the team at Cherry Orchard and he was down barking instructions at the keeper before the penalty was about to be taken about you know to go out to him to you know approach him to stand in front of him or whatever um, and when the save was made you just you could sense this relief around the place and then it actually took then me a sort of a while to process what had actually happened um, and it, what, what was sort of meant to be a I guess a routine enough trip to see the stars of the future and so on ended up becoming this like front page back page story um, and it was just unbelievably cruel I mean definitely the, the letter of the law uh, was applied to a point um, although maybe not so much with some of the, the Dutch kicks but I don't know I, I, I just you, you obviously have to have discipline and and adhere to rules so set examples but for a team and their campaign and a bunch of 16 year olds to have a tournament tilt ended by something the, like that the more is, pertinent uh, question though is are, are they are they good like are they are this is this a good Irish side have we something to look forward oh, no, to they are decent yeah, yeah they are decent I don't think they maybe played as well as they could have um, just from listening to people who watched them they've watched way more of them and uh, you know the first half they, they barely got out of their half you know um, but when they played a bit in the second half you could see that they that they could play mm. um, and uh, yeah some decent players in there and Troy Pirate obviously scored the goal but um, it's not a bad group so yeah it was at that and then at the Villa, Villa Middlesbrough game last night which wasn't particularly good but it was um, Villa you know, got the job done Villa got the job done 40,000 people there sort of uh, you know, it's a, a real it's a huge it's club. A, like. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's mad. Like Birmingham doesn't have a Premier League club now. Mm. Well, like with West Brom sort of going down. You know, there's a real pressure on Villa to, to get it done. And obviously, there was a few. You know, Conor Hearn involved. Curtis Fleming was coaching for Middlesbrough as well. Sort of a League of Ireland link and a few other um, characters knocking about as well. So that did, was it. So yeah, I was did missing. you get in a League of Ireland game? The I weekend? didn't. No, I yeah. didn't. I, I uh, you were you were flying the flag in terms of and I your saw the boy Corey actually. Oh, unbelievable! Five out of five predictions as well. Uh, Watch the game with uh, watch the Rovers game with uh, Alan Cawley, right? And I I bring this That's up the, because I mean you have I bring brought up Cawley up, in a couple of weeks. I bring this up because three minutes ago he shows me a betting slip and he had like six out of six and it was all hinging on the Rovers game being a draw. So he got seven hundred quid for his tenor. So he was a very happy man. Meanwhile, I had a good bet on Watford. I was not so happy. And yeah. um, but at the same I can time, just see our listeners are feeling really bad for you at the moment, Johnny. <laughs> I, I there were three to one and I thought. I thought they have a right chance, but their makeshift back four just couldn't uh, hold on second half. But good game, which we'll talk about as well. Go through the results. Uh, Dundalk 2, Sligo 1. Jeez, you met hard work at that, Brian. Yeah, we yeah. missed chance after chance. And again, it was a bad goal we gave away. But listen, no one will remember the end. What's your win? Got the win. Uh, yeah. Bray won Bowes 3. The lock of the week, the boy own, arrived uh, in, in Bray. Um, and great footage of uh, the Bowes lads on the dart taking photos with... Uh, couple of the fans Limerick nil from Russia I think yeah that was great actually yeah, yeah. Uh, Limerick nil Pats won um, hard fought win for Pats uh, Shamrock Rovers won Warford won the game that myself and Paul were at 
Um, Derry nil, Cork nil. Drabbing off game apparently at the Brandywell. And then Monday night, uh, Bray 2, Watford 2. Bad result for Watford in their title race uh, contenders there in terms of keeping tabs with Dundalk, who won 4 1 at Derry. And then last night, um, Pats won 2 0 against Sligo, a game that I was at. And after that game, I actually spoke to uh, Reese McCabe, uh, one of the stars of a pretty poor Sligo team, it has to be said. And uh, notably, he was actually at the, the Gaelic Games on Sunday, Galway and Mayo. And uh, I believe himself, David Cawley and Ronan Murray uh, took a photo going into the ground with none other than Ollie Horgan behind them. And Ollie Horgan was actually in Cove the night before, so he gets around. But I asked uh, Reese what he made of uh, Galway and Mayo. Yeah, first time since I've been over, and um, lads obviously go go mad for it over here. So um, we went and took in the game and different experience for myself, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, this is a bit of a downer tonight. Just you never really got going, I suppose. No, nah, I mean we knew the, the game plan. Pat's like to get the ball down and play, um, which usually suits us because we like to play ourselves. But we had a few chances and stuff, but we weren't crisp enough. I don't think passing and going forward. I think we lacked a little bit of quality, and um, it showed in the end. Where are you playing yourself? You were kind of dropping back a bit defensively. Like, where do you see your best position? Or have you been using different positions this season? Um, to be fair, I've been I've been asked to play off the right and forward, sitting deeper as well. And it doesn't bother me to be honest. Um, as long as I'm playing, um, that's the main thing. So I go out and look, and look to do a job for the team, which is all I can do. Are you confident that you can kind of progress because you're not a million miles off sort of second last at the moment? Yeah, I mean it's it's fine margins in this league. Um, Previous results, we've been we've been unlucky, and even tonight it, it wasn't like we got beat two 0 and we had no chances. I mean, the keepers had a great great save in the first half. Um, obviously, the, the chance at the end uh, by John Mahan. Um, on another day, we maybe we maybe take two or three of the chances. So it's it's one of them things that's frustrating at the minute because uh, we're not going away, but um, we just got to st- stick at it and, and hopefully they turn for us. And you have faith in the coach and all that. Hundred percent, yeah. It's nothing to do with the the coach. End of the day, we're the players that go on here and and perform the gaffer sets up a, a game plan which we're confident to go and do um, but as I say we're the players and we've got to go out and do that and I thought we'd done it in spells but I wasn't good enough um, to do it in spells we had to do it for longer in the match and like I said before I think that we lacked a, just a little bit of quality in the final third to take our chances Big game at the weekend against Shamrock Rovers obviously that's one to get the crowd back to the showgrounds as well Definitely home tie um, so we'll be looking forward to, to correcting the mistakes that that happened tonight and obviously it's a, a bit of a derby game for us as well so we know what we need to do we need to pick ourselves up and go again it's a massive game um, we know that three points will be vital um, so we've got to go in there with the right mentality um, prepare right recover and, and get ready to go again What have you made as a standard of the League of Ireland since you've joined? It's been, it's been good um, I never really spoke to anyone um, with regards to, to what the standard was like when I came over I just kind of sussed it out for myself but um, when I came over here, I mean, there's there's teams that like to play, and the way that I play my style of football, they like to play the right way. Um, like tonight, for example, Pat's get the ball down and play, and it's a joy to watch when it when it comes off. And um, I don't think there's a, a lot between all the teams in the league, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think it's just levels of consistency. You look at the top teams, the Corps, the Dundalks, and obviously Waterford this year. It's they've managed to maybe grind out results when tonight for example we didn't play to our best if we could have maybe ground out a result then I think that's the difference between the, the kind of the 
the, the better teams in the league and um, obviously the, the rest of the teams You're not going to revert to a Gaelic football player anyway? No, no, not for me, no um, It was good to watch but like I say um, we're just focused on now recovering and getting ready for Saturday Top man No problem Thanks for being here, see you again mate see you again. Top man You actually play Rhys McKay, Paul um, Decent player? Yeah, very good player If you'd asked me five or six years ago where Reese would end up, um, Sligo would have been very far away from what I would have thought. Uh, unbelievable technical ability, very creative player. And for one reason or another, it just didn't materialise. Um, maybe questions about his attitude or his uh, his work ethic. Um, but, you know, in terms of striking a ball, left foot, right foot, as good as probably was at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, you know, I would have been there with Ross Barkley, Mikhail Antonio, Connor Wickham, and Reese. Reese was as good as, as these players. Mm. Um, so it's strange to see where he's ended up. Um, you know, he seems to be having somewhat of an effect on a Sligo Rovers team, but, you know, you look where Sligo are in the league. Um, it's not probably the best place for Reese to be right now. So uh, it's an interesting career path he's taken. Um, where he goes from here, I'm not really too sure, but he's probably one of the rare, I guess, shining lights at Sligo, which has been quite a poor season so far where should he be playing uh, at what level and not actually what level where should he be playing position wise this seems to be the burning question well, he's he, he was deep last night um, I thought he was poor actually he played a lot of speculative long balls um, I think he's just playing in a pretty poor side with very little going forward um, and he just he, he should be influencing the game more but he was playing quite deep yeah listen he, he's able to hit 30, 40, 50 yard passes I guess it's probably picking the right times of when to actually do that and when I was at Sheffield Wednesday, he was always playing in, I guess, a six or an eight. He was never a ten. And mm. maybe people are a bit apprehensive about playing him in front of a back four because he doesn't make too many tackles. And maybe they see that as a bit of a weakness and, you know, leaves them a bit vulnerable at times. But he's, he's definitely a six or an eight. I guess he probably needs to cover ground better and he needs to put his foot in a bit more because he has got the attributes you know, when he's on the ball to create or to open teams up. Um, but from my point of view, he's without doubt a sentiment fielder. He's he's not really a holding, nor is he a 10. He's more of a box-to-box midfielder that doesn't cover ground. I, I, <laughs> I, I, anyway, you're asking where, where, that is. Where, where, where does he go from here? Probably Cork, to be honest. That's where everyone from Sligo goes eventually, Johnny. So, but would Reese know. play a Cork? What? Would Reese play a court? Well, that's, that's the, that would be the talking point. But I mean, listen, they've signed players with Sligo and not played them as well. So, I mean, I'm that's just saying, true. that just tends to be, it's a well-worn path, you know? Yeah, what was that Dublin Derby tweets was like, uh, John Caulfield has announced the signing of uh, Sligo's main stand to replace the one that was blown away in Turner's Cross. But uh, just before we go to uh, the clip, which was Ian Birmingham, who I spoke to after the game as well, the stats are not good for Ger Little. He's, played, he's had 40 games as manager of Sligo, which is exactly what Robertson got, I believe. And Robertson won 14 games, Little has won 10. And watching them last night, they're definitely in the relegation uh, battle. Pats are not, and Burmo actually spoke about the fact that they're targeting Europe after which was a pretty comfortable 2-0 win. That was a vo- an important three points here, in fairness. Yeah, definitely. Look, we knew we knew the consequences after the game. We won that we'd, we'd go five clear rovers and that bit close, or we'd go level over 30 and playing them on Friday. So it sets up Friday nicely for us now. That was the aim before we came into tonight. And, um, now we can look forward to the, to the game against Derry on Friday and like uh, where we need to be in the top four, top four clash where we want to be. So, yeah, well, um, that's the point. Where, what's realistic for you this season, actually? Oh, well, we're definitely going for Europe, at least. Um, we've got it out for the top four. We've been over the last, last year and probably the year before, I think it was, I'm not sure. Uh, but 
we've got to go back into Europe and it's massive for, for the players for the club obviously the financial side of things and so it's massive that we get back there and that, that's the aim um, as I said we, we, we'll be aiming for Europe and now we're kind of up there uh, knocking about in, in, in fourth there we've got to keep going and try and push on now and compared to last season your defence just seems to be a lot more together and solid yeah look we've worked on a lot Jared and Martin um, worked a lot on it in pre-season and we can see the benefits of it now but it's not only the back four like the lads in the middle of the park have been excellent um, right through the team like we're defending from the front very well and um, as I said we've had a few scares now in games but we've put in some great blocks Kevin last week put in three or four great blocks against Limerick um, and the same again tonight like, so look we're going alright at the minute three on the trot now three clean sheets as well and look at um, we're confident now so we bring on Derry on Friday and see can we push on again Is Thomas Byrne the type of lad that will benefit from getting that goal? Uh, look he's a great player um, just have to kind of keep a handle on him <laughs> um, but no he, he's excellent and you can see tonight he was, I think he was by far and away the best player on the pitch um, he's creating things out of nothing um, he just brings you up the pitch he gets on the ball he, he, he's excellent he has a role he just uh, um, just the, the, the bit of temper or whatever that's the only thing that, that but no he's excellent and as I said uh, hopefully now we can see after I'm scoring tonight hopefully he can push on now and get another couple you come for a point? I'm in hole now tough man bro that was Ian Birmingham who didn't unlike me uh, go for you went points. for a few points John went for quite a few points um, you're still hung over at 6 I o'clock am. I am yeah. I'm well hung over I got up at half one um, so today hasn't been good Um but in more important news, Thomas Byrne um, was at Brighton, I think. Yeah. And somebody said to me that it was said to, at Brighton, this lad is going to like go one of two ways in that like he's obviously a bit of a character, but talent-wise, this guy has a lot. And the bit I've seen of him at Pats, because I remember, Dan, last season early on, we spoke to... Um, Stephen Elliott spoke about him. Elliott, and I remember... Um, Pete Mahan was like, this lad's going to be a star. And he did very little last season for whatever reason. But... At Pats, um, he's he's very very talented lad. What do you make from lads? Uh, have you played against Brian? Yeah, you played yeah. against us with Drogheda last mm. year, and straight away when I saw talent, mm. bags of talent. But like Burmo says, there his temper got the better of him twice against us. I think he had two red cards against us. Um, he came on. He he was injured at the start of the year, so he hasn't played that much this season. Um, but he came on against us up in Dundalk, and again his temper. You know, he's at, he comes on and he kicks Dan straight away you know gets mm. gets booked um it's kind of like you need someone to go in to channel that temper like Rooney people mm. used to go on about Rooney you don't want to take the bite out of his game but you need to just sort of curb it a bit and you know that as well you could probably you can wind him up I suppose in oh some yeah ways. that's something you'd be very aware of like. Brian wouldn't do that no of course sorry I went yeah. to Kenny Shields there for a minute obviously <laughs> yeah. but no of course it's something you would be you'd be conscious of you calling of. me a cheater <laughs> I think it's sledge uh, they call it <laughs> yeah. um, but he like I remember the first time he came on and played his dribbling ability is brilliant you know and he's you don't know what he's going to do when he's off the cuff and he's I think like uh, Ian's saying there he, he's great talent um, but again it's just it's up to him where, where that's going to go you mm. know Um Pats defensively, Dan, um, they've really gotten it together. I think they've 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 lots more clean sheets this season than they already than they got in the entire uh, 2017 campaign, and uh, they just look very very solid last yeah, night again. It's funny, and Burn, I just say about Thomas Burn, he obviously has a bit of character because he did try and take the ball off Killian Brennan before Brennan scored the penalty in the last minute against Rovers. Well, he they, took the penalty. Had a bit of, I know he took it last yeah, night, and but it was they, a dreadful penalty. They had a bit actually. of a scrum before the Rovers when they all wanted to have a go at it, but I just thought the young lad going in there when Killian Brennan wanted to take it was sort of uh, yeah. something. There's something impressive about that, although obviously he still didn't win it. Burn was um, bid to be 
be euphemistic about him was quite entertaining. I thought. Yeah, so. but anyway, he tried just, his best. What do you call him? He's Pats temper, have, yeah. Pats have conceded seventeen, but they did. I mean, they did sort of concede five of those in the dock last yeah. week. So I suppose you take that game out of it. Their overall record for the other sixteen games, twelve conceded. Like, isn't that isn't actually that? Well, the nil all draw against dock earlier in the season was one of them kind of like Pats are actually becoming a pretty decent side here, Brian. I don't think you were playing that night, were you? No, no, I'm yeah. back the last couple of weeks, but, but they have improved. They have, yeah. uh, and something they lacked before was a bit of solidity or mm. you know togetherness sort of thing and they're harder to break down now but they still look to play their football mm. and that's what you know I, I'd hate them to go away from that because we're trying to mark the league and trying to get people in to watch football and Pat's Liam Buckley's team always try to play football and it's great to see that because sometimes it's easy when the results aren't going your way or you're having the time to just say right we're going to be solid and just play in the final third but mm. they still play that way and um, I know we bet them well a couple of weeks ago but uh, you know, you can see they're they're a much better side this season, and I can see them, you know, staying up the table or going higher and into Europe. And if like they should have aspirations to to get into Europe, and they're getting they're getting decent crowds this season as well. It wasn't a bad crowd the game last night, another midweek game, but I think that was actually rescheduled. Um, but we should actually just get on to uh, life itself, I suppose. Paul Corey, what have you been up to? Yeah, a lot. I uh, started a new job in January with McNulty Performance, so it's very much performance and well-being. God um, forbid Joe Brawley were on the podcast. <laughs> wouldn't be uh, revealing that. No. Yeah. Um, so it deals a lot with corporate, but my passion is, is very much in sports. I'm taking it into sports. So, And uh, our CEO is the performance coach for the Irish rugby team. Uh, and has worked very closely with Leinster Rugby as well, so that's where I've gone in. Uh, a lot of travelling, was in Japan, was in London... Uh, scheduled to go to New York at the end of the month uh, over and back to the UK sitting down with a number of footballers as well opening up my network so um, that's what I'm at at the moment I'm doing a bit with RTE as well which keeps me involved in the game mm. still coaching my Belleville under 13s yeah how's that so, going? yeah really well we got knocked out of the last eight of the All-Ireland by Joey's uh, and went on. Kevin's went on to win it. Mm. Kevin scored that really good goal that was going viral on. on, on oh Twitter. yeah, yeah. So they're the standout team at that age group. But no, we're going well. Three or four, very good players, good potential. Crazy to think that there's agents and scouts from under thirteen, under thirteen, even at under twelves. Like it's mm-hmm. agents approaching parents at that age and turning heads and offering this and offering that. And I'm just thinking, hold on a second. Like they're twelve, thirteen. Let the kids enjoy the game. Um. But that's the way it's going, I guess. You know, going to National League as well. Does under that 13. take under 13? Well, it's mad, yeah. I mean, even it's as too young, in over in Chesterfield the other night, I mean, it was the place was, I mean, it is crawling with sort of scouts and agents. And I mean, they're 16. Mm. And a bit of discussion after, even about almost uh, I think a couple of people were having a surprise that 16 year old, a couple of 16 year olds had agents. And the point was made it's a surprise if they didn't have an agent at 16 yeah. now. It's, it's 13, 14 is the standard age, particularly like the. Uh, the bigger clubs over in England as well, which in many ways they're sort of flaunting rules and getting around them too in terms of residency in various other ways. Uh, you're not meant to obviously have kids coming to your country till you're 16, I think, and mm. there's a lot of um, a liberal application of the laws there, I think. Um, but, I mean, it's mad that you're actually encountering it at that, at that age. It is. Well, I had my first agent when I was 20, probably just gone 21 before I had my move. Mm. I don't see any need for anyone to have an agent. I, from my point of view, as I look at it and I say, what value does an agent add to a player alone? Like they, they don't offer any services. They offer people a few pairs of boots and they negotiate a contract. Why, why does a 13 or 14-year-old need someone to buy them boots and complicate what should be a simple enjoyment of the mm. game? Um, but to answer your question, listen, I'm, I'm happy um, with the transition. There's parts of the game I miss and there's parts of the game that I definitely don't miss. Such as? 
Um, on holiday. He's gone off yeah. to New York. He's gone off. I, I, I went to like, I can about list five destinations. He was in Dubai last week. Got yeah. to Japan. Yeah. I just forgot about Dubai. Well, now, it was only Dubai. Dubai was pleasure. The other yeah. was was working. Don't want to know. Don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't want to know. I, I'm I'm working hard, Johnny. Yeah, no, I, I know. <laughs> Which is more than can be said for your astro performance yeah. that time. But, um, I changed um, that game. But do you you went in with an open mind to the McNulty? Do you believe? Do you believe like you've you've made the right choice was in in your fledgling career now? Yeah, listen, I, I had offers from Google and I had one from AIB earlier on as well. And the reason I didn't jump into them is because I'd never experienced the business world before. So mm. I didn't know what aspect of business I wanted to get into. I knew pretty much after two or three weeks that it was sales that I wanted to get into. So the the professional sports side of the business, I want to manage clients and I want to sell it to them as well. And in particular, footballers. Um, you know, my background is sports. I've always been in and around footballers and the community. I want to stay that way. Um, I do enjoy the corporate side of things and selling there, but I'd rather have 25% corporate, 75% pro sports. Um, so that's going to involve me being in the UK quite a lot, which I enjoy. Um, and I like adding value. I wouldn't be there if I didn't feel as if... I won't get into the ins and outs because it's fairly mm. complicated, but I wouldn't be in the job if I didn't think that this added value yeah. to sports people. Which I think you look at it and people are very quick to address the tactical side of the game, the technical side of the game, the physical side of the game. But in sport, when you start talking about mental, people go, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't talk about that. That's nearly a sign of weakness. And I know from my time, particularly when I was at Sheffield Wednesday, I always tell this story. When I made my debut against Leeds, I didn't take anything into consideration. The crowd, mistakes, whatever. I just got on with it because I was that confident. Mm. And then I remember fast forward two and a half years later, I was playing against Bolton in Hillsborough. And every touch I could take, I could nearly hear an ooh and an ah. The stand started to feel big. My confidence was down. And I had no real reason to be. I was doing really well in training. I was doing really well in reserve games. And just like... Any footballer that goes out, confidence is such a massive part I have of the to bring game. Brian in on that because I have to think of the 2016 campaign, and you've spoken about that where you made a couple of mistakes in Europe, which is a great campaign. Probably past that, Johnny. <laughs> we just, it, just, it just seemed like a good kind of point to, to bring it up. But um, how important is that? Like, did, you, did, you, did your confidence waver at that time? Oh, yeah. Listen, like, you're only human. Mm. And um, I suppose it was only a couple of games left but I made a mistake at the end so then you don't have time to rectify it in the off season and that and it was like I I made the point at the time like I was down about it and because it means so much to me you know what I mean some lads it doesn't and some lads don't care and they just go off the ground but as Paul says there the mental side of things like you can have lads with all the talent in the world can't take it mentally can't process what they have to do can't you know anything mm. you won't get anywhere unless you have a good head and then when you do get there, even if you you manage to get there without having a good mental strength, when you get to the top, the Paul says, it will affect you and it will be a downfall. Mm. Right? And like I know I've worked with someone the last while just about this sort of coaching and positive mind and stuff like that. Um, and it is it is a massive thing. And it's something that do you buy into people it? are afraid. To. I don't know. I'd be kind Your of skeptical. I'd, I'd always have myself as someone mentally strong. It'd be one mm. of my strengths. Mm. right? Um, but... I suppose the older you get, the more you see, like I see young lads and I'll be like, he's a good player, but he's a bit mentally weak or he's a bit this or a bit that. You know, when you see how a mistake affects them and they can't respond to different things, is that like, how do you coach it? And sometimes you just have to, I suppose there's coaching and that, but I'm not qualified in it, so I don't know. So maybe the coaching does work or else other times I'm just saying, get on with it. Everyone makes mistakes, especially if you're a defender. If you're a goalkeeper or a defender and you make a mistake, a goal's gone in. I go, that's part of your game. Yeah. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen again. You know what I mean? Sometime in your career. So just roll up your sleeves, 
put it behind you and get on with you. But some people can't. Yeah, Paul, might know, Paul would know better on that. Yeah, well, listen, like, you were talking about Thomas Byrne earlier, and you are talking, like, uh, we're not just talking about psychology and, you know, dealing with setbacks. Some people need guidance. Like, who, who is guiding Thomas Byrne at this moment in time? It's, a big, it's a big challenge for Pat's management team, actually, to get of, the best out of Of him. course it is, but mm. sometimes the and likes... And the players. If, you, if you're talking about an Irish club, Sometimes they don't have the resources or time to be looking after Thomas Byrne because they've got a hundred other things going on. So, you know, unfortunately, from our point of view, is we're targeting this at the least. You know, we're, we're looking at 12-month programmes. It's quite expensive. We're talking Premier League footballers. We're not talking League of Ireland. You know, I, I brought up the League of Ireland at one point and I was saying, no, 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 What's no. What's expensive? I can't, I can't it's, it's probably confidential. But, <laughs> but if you think, like, with, with you, you asked me there about League of Ireland like, and you make a mistake and... It's not massive, right? Mm. But there is some scope on you. You go to that level in the Premier League, you know what I mean? Everywhere you go, everything you read, everything you mm. see, you know, if you've made a mistake, it's there, it's there, it's there. Social media. So if you think whatever you want about my mistake that time, whatever I felt, it's a million times more the higher you go mm. to the level he's addressing sort of thing. So, you know, I can understand... There must be a massive market like, there. Did, yes, you have, like, did you have to block stuff out around that time? But I know you've spoken about this before. But did you have to? Like, did you say go off social media or not read stuff or, or just that because you knew you might you might you might get the odd comment? Around, yeah, around I wouldn't have been as vocal. I wouldn't have been. Uh, I probably would have. Yeah, not mm. not by choice. It's sort of you just it just happens sort of thing. You don't want to be putting yourself out there. Yeah. If you're just going to be in the firing line, you know, yeah. so I think, well, unless you're unless you're not the cleverest, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just opening yourself up and needless stuff and then um so you don't. And the same thing goes for like if something like that happened or if we have bad results and it's just normal that like people don't talk supporters or anyone will comment on mm. you know, if something happens. Even if it's something good, they'll be up to you and saying, you know, if you're out in town, sort of thing. So if something bad happens and it's gonna be negative or someone making a joke about it and they think they're being funny but well, you're, you're not over it yeah, your so, dressing room seems great that like that that wouldn't be an issue and that like they'd rally around you and I suppose the wider, ah, yeah. Yeah, and the wider philosophical point about this is you were trying to play football in Europe out of the back yeah well that's what I take the positive I mean? from like, listen, and you, you give the ball away in, under pressure one or two times that, yeah. that was it like. and listen yeah I'm, I know I'm not the most technical player in that but the thing I'll always look to and it's about being positive I know I'll always look to at least I had the courage to mm. and I have the courage mm. to go and do that because there's plenty of people there that have more talent than me but they don't have the courage to get on the ball and try and do you know or play our way sort of thing and there's plenty of teams and plenty of managers around the league and they don't have the courage to go and do that around the league well everywhere and the national team everywhere well. right they don't have the courage and mm. yeah it's a results based business but at the same time um, there's only way one way that anyone can get better or any team can get better or anything yeah. is to have this element of, of taking that step and, and putting yourself into a, a little bit of a risk or a little bit of unknown and having a bit of balls in happier times um, you're back in the team what's the season been like for you? yeah it's been a, a weird one because I'd, I'd never been out for that long it was just, I had one of the best pre-seasons I've had I was flying and a uh, week before the season Starts a uh, little quad injury in a warm up. Didn't think much of it, and then I got the flu, and bad flu was. He had a lot of players. Yeah, we ten players and four staff had got it, but three of us got it bad enough. Like, Mm. and I was in bed for the week, and then another few days recovering. Then you have to get back from the quad injury, so another couple of weeks. So it's the guts of a month. Got a couple of weeks training, and then I was meant to get an injection, and I ended up in A and E with an abscess on my throat. So I missed Jeez. that, I missed the injection for me, uh, an injury, and um, 
sent home the next day after I kept on a trip and then I was sent back to A&E the day after. So that was the guts of the week in, on a trip in, in A&E. Sent back by who? Like what? Uh, the club doc. He said yeah. they didn't drink. It was a, called a Quincy or something like that. It's an abscess on your throat. So they, they literally put a knife down your throat and, and lance it and try to get the infection. Yeah, it's not the nicest. <laughs> but... Um, so that was good for a week, and then I was a week bed bound on strong antibiotics, more antibiotics. So then you're trying to just build your body up again. And you were in bed for a week. I was in the hospital for a week, and then I was well, not in bed. I was sitting on the couch practically, yeah. yeah but in the house for another week after yeah. that until I got those antibiotics out of, done. Um, and then, and meanwhile, your defense is like you've a lot yeah, of well, players like eight clean yeah. sheets in a row, and so. you're, you're you're obviously delighted with this. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was there saying to <laughs> one of the lads, one of my mates, just keeps sending me on, winding me up, messing, and he's like, yeah, "What score tonight?" Or whatever, and it's like oh, five four will do us. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, you don't want to be selfish, but obviously, you know, you want the team to win. You're not going to win a league unless you know squad the depth. team's doing well and squad depth, like we talk. But uh, footballers, you always have to think of yourself as well, and you want to get back in. Um, but it was always like you have no right to get back into a team then so you have to wait your turn and just so happens you might get an injury suspension and things like that chance will always come around I was lucky it came around when I was you know ready or nearly ready are you a good player when you're not playing as in how do you take it um, yeah I try to be I suppose so no from no <laughs> I, I am not, not for the wife at home um, she gets the brunt of the bad moods and that but when yeah. you go into training and stuff like that you just have to forget about it mm. get on with your rehab get on with things and, and do it um, because I suppose especially as an older player as well you need to lead by example what age are you now? 31 31 a few years left Johnny's had a few digs today he, he is he's hung no. over he's a bit tender he's a bit tender to be <laughs> but honest but Dan in fairness uh, Dundalk uh, they just to me look like champions at the moment um, and I, I, I just worry your, how your pendulum swings from week to week Johnny I, I just can't I, keep I up with all these I thought Waterford were the champions last week Derry two weeks ago Rover, right. no, it was Rovers a couple of weeks ago actually. no, no they weren't going to win the league and it was Cork at the start of the season uh, is anyone you haven't tipped for the league at this I think Pat's maybe you're, you're strong Gibray on Pat's um, <laughs> I, I, just what Brian said earlier yeah. though I think the one the significant thing is and we touched on it last week is that they had a big away win Dundalk and that's the one thing that we haven't had at the top end of the league well, so far well Cork went there and drew nil all they went there and won 4-1 in yeah. the space of a few days now it, I mean you know it sounds like Cork's um, approach mightn't have been to, to go for it now I don't know to speak to Brian about this I mean like the way Derry play it seemed like they came out and they were positive and it probably suits Dundalk as well it was probably a good game and it led them to show their strengths as well I don't know did Cork try and maybe Kill the game a small bit more. It's it's hard to tell because they had chances as well by listening to the reports too. Yeah, but um, the league has to. I mean, who's going to win the league this year? It is the team that's willing to go away and, and win big games. I think because everyone's home record seems to be pretty good. So it's uh it's turning those points into three. And we we touched on it last week. I mean, the teams around the top had all beaten each other at home. The dog went to Derry and won, which is a which is a statement win. Paul Corey, two horse race or no? Uh, yeah. Two horse race. I tipped Dundalk from the start of the season. I still think Dundalk will win it. I think they've got the best players. I think they play the best football. And I think they've got the best manager. As simple as. I really fancy Dundalk to kick on from here. Really positive result against Derry. And I, I just see them continuing that momentum. I think they've got the best squad. I think they can deal with the, the number of fixtures that are going to come up. Um, and I think the likes of the Derry game, I think they're going to win more games than Cork are. I think Cork mm. are a bit more conservative in their setup. And I think when Dundalk are really firing, I think they're going to put teams to the sword more than than Cork will. Um, did you see enough from Watford the other night to suggest they might be title contenders in, in the long term? No, I never really fancied Waterford to continue um, 
in and around Cork and Dundalk, I think they're going to drop too many points. Um, you know, I know they are missing some key personnel, but I just don't think they're at that level yet. Um, I think they'll do well in and around the European spots, but I think they're probably going to be in around third or fourth. Um, I just don't think they have the quality of a Dundalk or a Cork. You're missing a big point here, though. They they come into the transfer window and they're like, yeah, we can bring in new players. So can Dundalk and Cork now. I, I, the I, one thing that I will say is that Waterford don't have to contend with Europe. That's so that's they, a big they don't. It absolutely yeah, is. You know, like, it yeah. absolutely is. We treat them as a as a title rival at the moment. Yeah. you know because they've proved so far. And what's to say they won't? You know. And again, like you said, they have money to come in, and they have no Europe. But the point that I would look at is if Dundalk and Cork are two one up against Bray, they're not losing that game. That was they're not they're not dropping points. I should say that they're was not going to drop results. points. And yeah. I think <laughs> those those type of games when you know they just. Maybe I know they have the likes of Paul Keegan in there, but I just don't think they're as solid as a Cork and Dundalk, and I think they're just going to drop points. Like uh, to be honest with you, I thought they should have beaten Shamrock Rovers last week. Well, the first, yeah, I, I mean, the first half they were excellent, and the second to, half they to, were. To so be fair, I, I don't think any of their back four, their starting back four, was playing either was available or was playing the position he'd be playing in. So they did a completely makeshift back four, and that just told in the second half. But I wouldn't look at the back four because they didn't pass the ball in the second half, John. They, like they've got experience and they've players got players. In the field. Yeah, and they, they didn't take the game by yeah. the, by the scruff. Of the I neck thought their strikers were disappointing as well. I thought they didn't hold up the ball well enough, but. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're a good side Brian though when they're when they are on their game like um, Abora and Airy and those midfielders um, like they look like a team if they were playing in Europe which they're not this season that would do well yeah like against us they went back to front fairly quick but you have Izzy and uh, Dufus up front and the two big strong quick who, lads who were you marking actually um, of those two or did it kind of a lot of balls seemed to go up the other side actually but um, mm. Dufus would be over my side a bit a bit, a bit mm. more I think but, um, two strong lads, like too strong. Um, Dufus wouldn't be as tall, but he's mm. he's got a good leap, and they're very strong, mm. uh, and they're quick. So when they go back to front quickly, if they're not winning a header, you know defenders aren't getting good clear headers away. So it's picking up the ball in the the second ball yeah. in the final third, and that day here he was was excellent against us. He was very good. Um, Hell of a haircut as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but. Uh, he um, he was very good, and they they played then in that third. But um, they've got good football, as Paul says in the middle. Mm. You know, do, do your squad this season uh, looks to be one of your main assets. Like, tell us about the players that have come in. Yeah, we've been saying that. So um, I, I hope it it shows. It showed so far, and as the season goes on, I hope it does. Christian and Marco came on the other night. Christian Adoran and Marco Tagbajumi. Yeah, yeah, there, there, was, there we go. Rehearsed them. And, um, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they came on the other night and Marco was excellent creating the goal and Christian Christian put it away um, and you know when you're coming we keep saying that when you're coming to a different country and those boys you expect them to play they expect That's to get the in the thing, starting like, team and that you yeah. know that it's um, it's not easy for them then and you're living away from home and, and that so when they come on and they show you know the impact they can have and you, you assist and a goal and then Dylan Connolly, the last three games, has been excellent. You know, he had a couple of goals and an assist, and he hadn't been in the team before that. I hadn't been in the team before that. I hadn't played the first thing. Stephen O'Donnell hadn't played mm. the good bit of the start. Then he played a, a few games. You had Dean Jarvis that hadn't played, came back Massive in. Massive fan of him, I am. Very good player. Yeah. Like, and he came in the last few games. Then he didn't play the other night and came on. Um, you know, there's just all those. Like, And then Dan Massey had started the first 13 games, and then... He played the last night, but the two before that he hadn't played. You mm. know, so you you're able to 
bring people in and out like that and when you've 12 games in 42 days you need to be able That's to do insane, that That's insane isn't it yeah. Brian what, what do the guys make of the league like I know I, I listened to Stevie's podcast earlier on in the year What? Oh the, the, the LOI weekly one? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. talking about the guys coming over, what do they actually make of the league? You know, in terms of a standard, do they see it as an absolute scrap, or do they see it as technical, or do they think the facilities are a shambles? Yeah, I think um, if I'm honest, I think they think it might be a bit helter skelter at times, and especially we play teams that have sat back a lot and teams you know people trying like bears just kicking the ankles off you you know whereas they're coming from leagues where if someone touches you it's a foul mm. but you, you need to really hit someone for a foul well not really hit someone but you need to uh, make contact and go down and whatever for a foul here so you know I think that can be a surprise especially to foreign players and technical players like Christian and that um, and again it can be so tight that there's not much room sometimes so you know we're playing the pre-season and we're playing good football and we're playing against some European teams and Korean teams and that um, and we're playing good football but then at times in the league here you can't play football because the game's just gone like 90 you know like especially the court games where it's so frantic like and so tight yeah, yeah. but even even against other teams you know in the league because mm. they're sitting back deep mm. in Oriel and it's it's so tight Mm. You know, all those spaces. So if you're playing in a 10 around there, it's hard to get space to get on the ball. And if you do, you have yeah. a split second. And, and wh- How's Dylan Connolly getting on? So it's interesting you mention him because Stephen Kenny came out and sort of defended him about maybe three weeks ago. And uh, he's obviously getting a bit of a run now. Yeah, and he, I think he was right to defend him. Like mm. He came on for 10 minutes or less than 10 minutes against Cork. and you know, Couldn't have been less suited to that game either because they were mass defence-like. Yeah, and they know, were deep stage, and stuff like that. Enough. You know, and w- we didn't get him the ball. Mm. It's not his fault we didn't get him the ball, you know. He's high and wide where we want him to be. We want to get the ball, but we didn't move the ball and we didn't have patience to to bring the ball across and create space, you know, for him. But uh, he's getting slaughtered then, or getting a bit of stick mm. from commentators, from people, and that, and saying this and that. And it's like none of our team had played well, really. You know, no one had a great game. Actually, I think the lads at the back. I think Dan and Sean. He had a, had very good games at centre half, but. Um, was a foals maybe I can't remember what Dan had an excellent game yeah and uh, why pick why pick out him it's the price tag obviously well it is the price tag like but the price tag this was brought up like the price, price tag was tag. absolutely minimum it's pittance like Dundalk made whatever 6 million in Europe they're talking about big money in 40 grand Dan you should 40 know grand. Who, who else have we paid money for in recent years yeah oh god that's a test I, I, I can't think of the dog paying too much in terms of trans. Well, Darren Horgan was a compensation fee, actually. 20 compensation fees. Like Who would have run the 23 players we have? Yeah. I'm sure there was compensation. Yeah, no, there would have to be a bit. No, that, it could, could be 20 grand, it could be 15 yeah. grand. It's just not made public. Yeah, I think Michael Duffy. We have a small minded attitude. But, think, but that's what I'm thinking, 40 like, grand is, is laughable money. I don't to think me. it was even that. Whatever it was, yeah, like, but I, I don't see how this is thirty-five plus add-on it, for Dundalk's money. This yeah. is—it's literally buttons. <laughs> it's it's toilet paper. It's—it's—it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. My problem was that he wasn't making the You've impact. You've been slating Dylan Connolly, Johnny. I, I don't think yeah. he's, I don't think he's done well at Dundalk, but at the same time, I don't think he's played enough to actually say he's had a run. And also, he needs to be playing where he's in a position where he actually has something to run at. But when he did come into us at the start, he, he got no, a few I, goals I, and he done and he done well, yeah. you know. No, d- sort of I like Dylan Connolly. I, I, I'd love to have Dylan Connolly on your bench <laughs> to come on in a game in Europe where you needed to exploit a bit of space. Some butler, Johnny, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> not, not at all. Public one week, Dylan Connolly the next week, Shep last year. This is crap. Just stick with it. 
okay, I, I'll find where I said Dylan Connolly do well at Dundalk. Maybe I've been wrong, but Michael Duffy, player of the month, Dan, and what a season. He's possibly... Dundalk's having a great season, yeah. Huge and impact. Player of the month. But one thing we should talk about as well is Graham Burke getting a call into the Ireland squad, which is the one thing that happened last week as well that we haven't got around to. Uh, Duffy's been excellent. Absolutely. And actually, I think you probably look at the you know, player of the month. I think Burke won it the previous month or then he won it the first month. Like, you know, sometimes you look at the player of the month list at the end of the year and you're thinking, yeah, there is some good players in this league. Um, I don't know what you make of the Graham Burke call up, lads. What do you, what I do you think about it? Yeah. And I think he's I think he's a smashing player. You know, you've played with him, didn't you, last year? Well, I watched him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but he's technically so good. And that's, you some know. people have said, like, you know, oh, I'm, this lad's not up to it like you know it's tokenistic and all this I don't buy that like well, yeah, well he's, he's definitely got the technical ability to play mm. like I'm sure he'd be going into that squad and yes the pace of the game might be particularly in training might be a little quicker than what he's used to but he's definitely got the the ability to deal with it Um his ability in, in tight situations and when he's under pressure is brilliant. And, you know, I know that's maybe not how the national team play, but if you're looking for somebody to get on the ball and create things, he, he's in the mould of a Wes Hoolan. He's not exactly quick. He picks up pockets of space and he creates and he scores goals. R- Dundalk have had, thanks to James Rogers sending me this, by the way, Dundalk have had 13 scores this season. Rovers have had eight. Um, and Burke has been so important for them because what has he got, 10 goals or something like that? Mm. So if you took Burke out of that Rovers team, um, but I'm delighted for him, and I think I don't think it's tokenistic, Dan. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, something that's something that's just tr- people throw at that phrase, and mm. it sounds like something to say. Like the one thing I would say is that uh, sometimes, yeah, it's a, it's a huge jump, obviously, from League of Ireland to international level for competitive games, and I, I think people mm. acknowledge that, and people in the league acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But I do think when you're having like forty man squads, and you know, the purpose of these squads is to see what's out there, and. Um, I, I want like the, the manager you know of the senior team to look at players and see ability and see who's going to be you know added in six months or 12 months or 18 months as well as the here and now and sometimes like people obsess too much about say club form and what someone's done or yeah. what level they've played at I think like I would I, I wish last year like the manager had seen that Sean Maguire was going to be someone who could cha- take the championship by storm you know and, and had him around Ireland squads earlier so then come the autumn he's not giving him his first cap then you know he, he might have had a bit more trust in him at that point and that's like I mean fans and pundits and that would all have their opinion but I think people in football should be able to look beyond the level that someone's playing at and see ability and absolutely s- and see absolutely and see he's worth and, and that's it's harmless like it's not you're not playing a competitive qualifier next week and throwing him into that like this, it's a testimonial game on Sunday realistically where Celtic are playing on Saturday um, so I mean, it's sort of insulting if you think he's not able to deal with that. Why not? Like, he why not bring someone in and have a look around? He could into, into an uh, sorry, international and hold his own. I think you Absolutely. know because I'm not saying he couldn't. I'm not saying he could. And you go on, like we say about the pace. It depends on which international game because some mm. of them are mm. walking pace. Well, that's very true. But the other, the other matter, like if you go away from and take the aspect of looking at just because he's playing in this league, is like Shawnee Williams is in the squad, and I think that's long overdue to even bring Absolutely. him in training. Because he's been Millwall's player of the month numerous mm. times. He's, a, he's been there for years. Passes the ball a bit too much to be a good player in an Ireland team, though. Oh, again, it's all for opinions, and I can't really comment <laughs> when you're playing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Another, but I think, you know, things like that. In fairness to Burke, though, right? Burke's ability to score and his ability in tight situations and his crossing ability, 
there's no reason he shouldn't be able to do that in a mid-ranking international game, to my mind, anyway. Yeah, but I, I, from my point of view, I think that the call-up is a, a stepping stone. And it's similar to Daryl and Andy when they got called up. This is putting Graham in the shop window. And yeah. if Graham is to be in an international squad going forward, he's going to have to go to the UK. That's, that's just... Why, why is that the case? Because he's not playing at a high enough level consistently. Okay. Because, in my opinion, this is... Graham gets called into the international setup there's a bit of interest generated if martin o'neill is to use graham going forward he's gonna have to go to the uk so potentially graham might nick a move off the back of this and then play consistently with the view of doing what shawnee's done you know being consistently Mm. called up to the squad i think it's very unrealistic for us as much as i'd like to see it happen have a player you're not going to get a regular no and is is graham going to regularly score the quality of goals that he scored more than likely not. He's probably in yeah, the richest vein of form that he's ever been in his this career. This Patrick McElhinney, like Exactly. You know. It's a stepping stone to get to the next level. Mm. And Martin O'Neill calling him up generates that bit of interest that potentially Graham might sign for a championship or league, well, hopefully a championship team where he goes and he kicks on you know, next season. We, we, we have to, we have to relish the... difference is, though, he's, he's been over there. He's already got this experience. You talk about Andy and Daryl and mm. you know, lads getting called up. But he's played in England already. You know, so... How that affects their opinion of yeah. them or their thoughts, or you know, they could say, "Oh, well, he's played in environments like this and with players." Yeah, before. he knows someone. He's going to walk in. He was in a dressing room before with Kieran Clark yeah. and Ender Stevens, exactly. and I think you mentioned someone else. Probably I'm forgetting. Obvious, you know that there's there's lads there that he's been away with, and but I do think it is funny. Sometimes you talk about international level. And it's strange because there's obviously grades of international level. And I think sometimes it's the, you speak to people who've played, it's the expectation and the pressure of playing for your country. But like you see sometimes Ireland playing teams like Georgia and playing, you know, lesser international teams. And like there's lads who actually would play against League of Ireland clubs in Europe in the summer and, and might have come out on the losing side. Then at St. Petersburg would be far better than most of the teams Ireland play. No, no, they would, of course. And, but I think it's the pressure and, and being seen to cope with the expectation and the scrutiny and, and all of that. Paul gets a job now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just mould the international team together. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's doing wonders for the League of Ireland in fairness because anyone who watches him play would be like, God, this isn't, this isn't bad to watch and his goals have been I mean, remember, remember his goal last season in Europe, Dan, against that Czech side? Mm. Sensational. Yeah, yeah he's, that is the one thing that he actually scored, I think, in all but one of the European mm. games last year. And again, like we talked about this before, it's a bit of a different topic, but like we, we sometimes always judge Irish players through how they fare in the UK ladder. Like, how do they do in League Two or League One or Championship? And yet, like other countries maybe don't obsess. We view everything through the English ladder. Is he a Championship player? Is he a League to One our cost, player? Like. Is he a League Two player? Mm. Or whatever. Whereas actually, you know, some of the lads could do fantastically well in other countries and a complete tangent now but I love Dylan Watts saying you know I'd like to play in Spain you know and yeah. he was like because he was in an interview by Tony Dunn he was like yeah this obsession with English football like is but it's agents Johnny but it's also culture exactly, it's yeah. culture and it's, it's English language yeah, how many blah, blah, people blah. watch League 1 or League 2 right yeah and how much football is played in those leagues well, that's on bad pitches as well. Like, like, uh, like yeah. the lads are going over, and as you know, plenty of lads mm. playing. There. Have you like, spoken you, to McElhenney about his time at Oldham at all? Because I, I do. From what I've heard about the football, from yeah, lads playing over, there there, not much. just naming any one of that. It's carnage at times. Mm. It's carnage. Mm. Like. And I, I don't know. I, I, well, I think, I, I think summer football player, is a big it's help. Playing, it's that playing that the final third. You yeah. know, get the ball into the final third. When it wins second ball, play there. Yeah, it's not all the teams, but the majority of games for the team. Dan, I, I spoke to a player in England recently about you know, this topic of going overseas and why wouldn't you? And it's simple, it's money. Like just players in League One earning four and a half, five grand a week. 
you wouldn't get that play in top division in say Holland or other countries in Europe. Yeah. It's simple. It's bottom line. Like yeah. and it's a short career. So really, you know, we, we, we talk about guys wanting to go and develop themselves and so on, but and and I think Paul's also right as well. There's also agents and there's there's a there's a short term focus. But I mean lads are in the game for different reasons and they might think this is my two, three year window for, for this and yeah, they should go and develop themselves elsewhere, but where's the you know, where, if you where, get that opportunity, where's your living going to be at? You know, the house paid for or something. Yeah, exactly. Any regrets you didn't go to England? Uh, no. Well, I wouldn't. I only had offers to go over. You know, as on trials and stuff like that. When I was younger, I was over crew and that. But um, the folks wanted me to finish to leave and certain that sort of thing. And I, um, I think right decision. You know. Yeah, you've had and you've had a fine career in Ireland. Um, we have to get on to the preview and predictions now because we're actually running out of time and. Um, going to give myself a major pat in the back here um, because I, got, I went five from five and made no money last Friday night yeah, didn't make you, a penny no one cares about your losing bets Johnny but well done in the five out of five it's, it's, it was good work that wasn't bad no in fairness it was good Dan was really went nice. three from five and I have to say the steak dinner yeah. you are looking um, you have to bring me to Shani's as well in an unrelated matter yeah. um, that we'll get to that another That's night Shanahan's five for two hours say, a nickname you ever, for yeah. <laughs> if you're there that often Shanahan's don't need the money. Money. he's never actually I've never been, been. Shan- he's Shan- never been Shani's, yeah. he's going to um, bring in his, he's going to bring in his big fan plate. of Shani's Corey <laughs> I've been to Shanahan's yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. surprise <laughs> me at all <laughs> I get so much sick you know I, I, I presume you bring your clients anytime I do the TV people are saying well you're a bit you're a bit too posh for a league of Ireland why is presenting the rugby yeah Paul Keegan was references being a little bit like kind of um, well spoken as He's well Castleknock yeah. he, was, he was described as Corrie Light in some cars <laughs> <laughs> and we had Oscar Rennan on like Sandyford I don't yeah, know yeah. anyway yeah, yeah. but <laughs> bring, your, bring your big plate into Shani's John you'd be grand <laughs> 50 nicker before anything is on the plate like. <laughs> but uh, Bowes against Dundalk I'm going to be at that game um, and I've enjoyed some really good Bowes Dundalk I think you got a cracker in one of them games actually last season yeah. was it? two seasons ago just yeah. around just the European time the broken wrist um, on the volley and the, the same night I saw I think I think the best goal I've ever seen live um, the goal Curtis by Burns Curtis Byrne oh. oh yeah was that that night was it yeah oh, what a goal like um, how was he getting on he went up north did he yeah he's scoring goals for Linfield yeah, yeah. who've had a dreadful campaign actually um, um, and missed out in Europe I think Oh, they lost the play. They have a yeah, playoff yeah. up there. They have a play, yeah. which is, anyway, so Bowes against Sundalk. Bowes were the lock of the week the last two weeks, uh, the boy own, and did the job, but they won't be this week. I'm going to reveal that shortly. Cork against Bray. Pats against Derry. These are all Friday night. That's going to be uh, an interesting one, Dan. Pats against Derry. Pats yeah. are actually hot favourites for this, which is a sign of where they've gone. Well, Pats haven't won back-to-back games in some time, and now have they won three on the bounce now? And so. three clean sheets, I think. Yeah, since the 5-0, as we mentioned. So, Where are you at the weekend? Uh, I think Bowes and Dock, I think. Yeah, uh, Waterford against Limerick, massive, um, absolutely have to win game for Waterford if they're to keep in the title race. And my lock of the week is Shamrock Rovers. To win in Sligo on Saturday night. Um, so I do the predictions for the other games then, or are we sort of. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll briefly mention the first one, and then we'll give predictions. Uh, Drawhead against Wexford, UC at Lone, Finn Harps v Cove, Longford v Shelburne, and Johnny Ward's debut in Stradbrook, Cavan Teeley <laughs> against. Can't, can't wait. Can't yeah, wait for it. Wouldn't be like you to be in a rugby ground. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Um, so, Bowes against Dundalk. Prediction Paul, Paul time. I'll see you there. Anyway. <laughs> Get the high nose ready. Yeah. <laughs> Paul um, will have his usual seat by the uh, veranda there. Gin and tonics. 
<laughs> Nothing beats a glass of wine in Wexford. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, but I mean, Paul, Paul getting all this abuse for being, you know, being posh. He was in Dubai last week going, this is an absolute disgrace. <laughs> I remember having first class going, this is completely unfair. The first time <laughs> I went to... unwarranted. The first time I went to Wexford, it was Good Friday and you couldn't even go to the bar. What a disaster. But uh, Bowes against Dundalkton. Prediction time. Uh, let's just be quick with the predictions. I want to go for an away win. Draw. A draw. Yeah. That's your shock of the week as opposed to lock of the I week. like that. Um, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us about the game and nothing else. Um, but in fairness, Bowes are a good side though. Yeah, they are. And uh, Daily Mills always a tough enough game for us. Yeah. Um, you see how they raised their game against Rovers, you know, beating Rovers twice this this year. And they do it uh, They do it against us in Daily Mills all the time. And it's, it's never easy. I suppose it's a cliche. People say when you're playing teams, but it's usually like that. The grass is usually not watered and it's hard to, you know, it mm. might be a bit drier if, it, if it's a dry night and that sort of thing. So the bomb might roll as quick. And uh, yeah, um, if we get out of there with three points, you won't care how we got it. In the unlikely adventure, not a League of Ireland fan, or if you wanted to bring a lad to a game, maybe bring him to this so you could see like Robbie Benson and Dylan Watson midfield and it's going to be a cracker. Cork against Bray. Uh, I, do you uh, have Paul a prediction? Do we? I yeah, mean, I don't know. Out of time. Yeah, yeah. Paul Dundalk. Dundalk Quick prediction He's done it right. Paul, Cork, Cork and Bray. Bray Paul we'll stick with you Cork Dan home Cork um, we'll, we'll, we'll leave Brian out of this one um, Home win And Pats against Derry Now this is a tricky one Yeah that is a tough one to call Because Yeah you know Derry had a bit of a run going And it's sort of I've been halted a small bit Curtis is on the way Oh yeah, well he's yeah he's he's definitely leaving. It's just a matter of when he actually leaves. Mm. So I mean, he's not eligible to play for a club till the first of July. So you'd like to think Derry could keep him until then, or maybe even for the first round of Europe. We'll, we'll yeah. see. How yeah, it goes. I think as a player, you want to get over as soon as possible. Now mm. he, he might not be thinking that way, but I think that's the most beneficial. Yeah. Embed yourself within the squad, get to know your surroundings mm. instead of playing catch up three yeah. or four weeks into preseason when you haven't probably got the opportunity to play those preseason games. Yeah, I'm going to go for a home win. Home win in that game. Um, Maybe a draw. Uh, if and if you're going to this game, take it, if you haven't seen Thomas Byrne before, it's it's not even what he does when he has. Them. He's just a very entertaining lad to watch because he's let's just say he's a character. Uh, Watford against Liverpool. Your prediction of that John Home win, yeah. Uh, Paul, I go for a draw. I think two sides are kind of cancel each other out the way they play. Are you going to a game or have you? Well, I'll be down in Daily Mount. Yeah, you're going. To, we're all going to Daily Mount. Yeah. yeah. Gin and tonics. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, some strange looks at you if you <laughs> ordered that in the Bowes bar. <laughs> could get a point in afterwards, Dan. Doesn't seem like great at the moment, but yes, who knows? We, we could, yeah. yeah. We could. And Corrie. Um, yeah. And maybe... Um, family are actually from Cabri. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, side, my father's side of family. Can yeah. You can hear my accent, can't you? No. Um, <laughs> Waterford against Limerick. Paul Corrie. Uh, Waterford. Um Limerick's problem, Dan, just uh, scoring goals. It sounded like they played quite well against Pats, though, or certainly mm. they played better than they have in some recent home games just by following the reports. and Don't had, score goals, they moments in the game. No, and that's going to hurt them, and I don't know, can they address that in the, in the summer? Like, Do they have the, the funds or the resources to do it? But yeah, eight goals at 17 games probably speaks for itself. You, you'd fancy Waterford to, to score and uh, you know to win the game. What does one one six mean to you? What does one one six mean to me? Yeah, doesn't mean very much at the moment. Um, what it actually means is, is the win draw loss record away from home of 
Shamrock Rovers this season. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I see. It was a nice segue to the next game. I thought it was a Waterford Limerick sort of. Yet they are the lock of the week. I thought it was like I thought it was the most recent Bray home crowd you were calling out there. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it wouldn't be that high. I don't think Sligo have enough talented players, Dan. I think that their basic problem is they don't have. And looking at them last night, I don't know where their goals are going to come from. Yeah. Um, Reese McCabe was 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 very um, deep, and they just have very little up front. I know, it's, but it's I mean you can read a lot into one game as well. I mean they did push them to injury time last week. Too. Too now I don't know Brian they, they would allude chance, to the lot of his chance. I've seen Sligo twice this season. I'd say their home form is probably similar one one six territory as well. Sligo yeah. they've lost. Sligo their home going to have an issue as well with some of these brought up last night. They've very few, they've had so many home games. They're going to have very few games in I think June and July, which which just could be difficult for the board because there won't be much money coming in. Mm. Um, the, the crowds and in fairness, them the very good still held up. Very and good. I, I think we mentioned this before, but it is admirable when they're not having. They've had a couple of bad seasons and instead of people coming, but. Um, yeah, in terms of this game, this probably is the perfect chance for over. The strange thing is that we have to figure out what they're going to do about Gray and Burke. It still hasn't been confirmed because mm-hmm. um, between Saturday evening and Sunday at 2 o'clock, it's a difficult one because the most important game is the league game. But in terms of his career and having an unhappy player, you don't want any issue that... And I don't think Rovers are going to prevent him from doing anything, I don't think. Mm. But then they have a game on Tuesday against Pats, which is a huge game as well. Mm. So um, it's a real diplomatic uh, minefield this and mm. I think Martin O'Neill is also conscious of it too he doesn't want to be seen to I think to be taking a player away from an important league match and it's mm. that disrespectful to the league as well so they have a few things to, to figure out you know and from the club's perspective if you're really cynical about it um, I mean, Burke's transfer fee is going to go up if he does well for Ireland as well mm. so there's 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 a there's a few factors to, to weigh up in terms of the prediction um, I think it's a good chance for Rovers to get in a wish for Shamrock Rovers um, or the Shams as they call them in Sligo yeah. they would call themselves Rovers um, to get an away win entertaining moment at the Gaelic uh, game on Sunday Paul uh, Mayo against um, Galway half time was like an announcement um, Fogra an iPhone has been handed in with a Sligo Rover screensaver <laughs> so I uh, hope that fan got his phone and is at the game but I hope he doesn't have a cheer uh, here because I want Rovers to win because I'm going to back them what's your prediction <laughs> yeah listen it's going to be a tricky one particularly if Graham Burke doesn't play mm. or if he does play he's not going to be jumping into too many 50-50s anyway um, well, listen I'd like to think Sean McGrubbs will go up there and win it's they're the kind of team at the moment that you just don't know what you're going to get uh, even look Rovers Shamrock Rovers mm. yeah even last week at Waterford great second half and first half terrible terrible it's, yeah. Stephen Bradley must be scratching his head at times uh, but listen, if they're, if they're going to be pushing for European spots and if they want to be si- taken seriously, they really need to be going to the likes of Sligo and winning. Uh, before we wrap up, Brian, are you looking forward to your European campaign? Uh, yeah, obviously it's the pinnacle, you know, playing playing Ireland, but it's it's miles away at the moment with the amount with the of games we have. So um, it's what two months away, and mm. I'd say a hell of a lot of games. Um, so. The league can be won or lost in the next few weeks, you know. Yeah. Two games again the weekend, and then you go in to play Bray. I think we have Rovers, Derry before the break, Cork first game after the break. Mm. So you've got two thirds of the league, or three quarters of the league, or close to played by the time July comes. It's mad. I had a look at it the other day, though, in that first qualifying round, Dundalk, because they have the coefficient from a couple of years back, I think they're the third or fourth highest seed at the moment. Now, I think the field still has to be confirmed, but I think on the flip side, you're going to have some pretty good unseeded sides like that you would have yeah. you know I think one or two of the Scottish clubs might even be unseeded in that first round or, or second round you know it's it's, it's weird that because of Dundalk's run who are the run, Scottish clubs you know uh, well Rangers are going to be in it Aberdeen, Aberdeen are going to be in it you've got to fancy Rangers um, that, w- that would be a bit of crack now 
And, uh, and it'd be a game you could win as well. Yeah, I think they might be seeded in the first I round. I think they are. I think you're but right. I think in the second round they won't be. Mm. Um, and a few bigger clubs come into it. And we're looking, from what I read somewhere, we could be seeded in the second round. I think so, going yeah. Our way. It's, it's oh, okay. a good possibility. But then the third round, there's massive clubs coming in. I think Zenit and that could be coming but in. It's strange. I bumped into Stephen yeah. Ward last night at the, the Villa. And he's at Burnley are coming in the second round this year. They're, oh, they're, yeah. on, the, they're on the they're seed. In the second, on the seed yeah. So their season, their pre-season is very uh, curtailed because of yeah. coming into the Europa so League. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Rangers and Dundalk, of course, have played before, didn't they? Well, uh, you, you featured on a documentary. No, that yeah. was the Dark and Linfield. Linfield John. That was Linfield. Well, what am I saying? Jeez, I am you know. over. And though, again, yeah, of course, over. those northern teams are in. And, uh, yeah, yeah, the they're all going to be on. Rangers play bows, all right. That was an interesting game yeah. in, in Daily Mount. Um, but that wraps up what was the. Fourteenth episode. 14th yeah, Johnny, episode. I'm telling you, you wear that gear to Cabin Tilly and you'll be fine on the weekend. For anyone <laughs> listening, you've actually got the jeans rolled up, no socks on, Hugo Boss I belt. I thought they were white socks. Oh God, Hugo Boss tell belt. I, I didn't even that know I'd any clothes. It looks like he's today. a missionary coming back from some uh, some <laughs> yeah. campaign somewhere. Yeah, yeah. ready for the south side, aren't you? Um, I'm off for a few high nose. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed that episode and a cracking weekend of action. And uh, uh, if you hopefully might see you on Friday night uh, in. Daily Mount. Thanks for coming in, lads. Thanks, Winnie. No problem. Yeah, and uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. But there-